This is the Jerry Callahan Podcast. I mean, I just want to tell like all the girls out there that you can do anything you set your mind to. Like, you really can. Here's Jerry Callahan. Well, over the weekend, we saw the uh, greatest kicking performance in uh, college football history. I mean, it wasn't uh, a great kick, but it was a giant leap for womankind. We'll celebrate that. And I think we saw the worst quarterbacking performance in NFL history. And no, I'm not talking about Cam Newton. It's close, but uh, I'll try to try to answer your questions on that one because I don't quite. I didn't quite understand it why uh, why the Denver Broncos were forced to play without a quarterback. It was interesting for a, a couple of minutes, but then then they kind of lost me on that one. Uh, Joe Biden uh, broke his ankle, a hairline fracture. And he claims he was playing with his dog. Does anyone actually believe that? Um, the Daily New- Daily Beast has a nice piece on Joe Biden's cat, which is kind of a sneak preview of uh, of what we're going to see for the next four years uh, from the uh, Washington press corps. And uh, and Biden's name in his cabinet now, and they all look kind of swampy. This isn't going to sit well with uh with the Bernie bros or with Liz Warren or AOC, which uh, we're looking forward to a little civil war among the Democrats. Uh, All that today on the Callahan podcast brought to you as usual by DCU. Uh, Do you love your car, but hate your car payment? No problem. Refinance your car today with DCU and they could help lower your monthly payment, lower your interest rate, or both applying is easy and their loan experts will help you find the loan term and the payment that fits into your budget, get out of that high rate loan and get the interest rate and the payment you deserve from DCU. Learn more and apply today at dcu.org slash refinance assured by NCUA membership required. All right. Colin is here. Turtle boy is here. What's going on? Turtle boy. You, I heard you bitching and whining about, about Turkey. Were you really, were you, were you really doing that about how, how Turkey is overrated? Not overrated, just sucks. It's it's miserable. If, if, if buffalo chicken was around in 1620, the, the pilgrims would have made that. Turkey. Nothing wrong, nothing wrong with buffalo chicken, but we had our last of our turkey last night with with gravy and, and the, all the leftovers, and it was awesome. I could Stop eat that. Stop you like it. Stop yeah, it. But he, made, he made a good argument is that when you go to dinner, nobody's, nobody's at dinner ordering turkey. Yeah. yeah. Like, I'll have the turkey and the side of cranberry sauce. You want to try that? No, 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 no. I'll take cranberry it's sauce. Special. Please. It's uh, it's a lot of work for uh, whoever does the cooking, and uh, and and I think it's awesome. You know what's good, what's good about it? You don't have to like slow down. You just stuff it in your face. It's a great meal for overeating. Overeating like two or three or four or five times over the course of uh, of a long weekend. I enjoy it, and uh, you're not gonna you're not gonna ruin it for me. Who, who are you, Doctor Fauci? You're trying to ruin thanksgiving are you coming you're for christmas you. next you're the swamp you're the one in here with the traditional we've been doing it forever this way this is just the way we're gonna do it i i'm new age i think outside the box jerry i don't care if it's traditional i like it I, i'm not a picky eater so i enjoy uh stuffing my face with all the, you know with the stovetop stuffing i love that's my question why don't we have stovetop stuffing all year round it's, it's I, I'll, great... I'll give you that the stuffing's pretty good just don't put any of that nasty cranberries in it or Whatever, too much onions. Just make the stuffing. Just I like I like the cranberry that slides out of the can. You don't have oh, to be Jesus making it. Right. Just get the get Jesus. the stuff right out of the can. That's that's yeah, what I do. Savages. Um, 
but uh, yeah, Fauci, Fauci's already saying we can't have a we can't have a normal Christmas. It's it's going to get. He's got a lot to say about the holidays, Jerry. Not too much to say about the riots when Jim Jordan asked, if you recall. Jim Jordan, Good remember me? You. That's right. And it is kind of funny when you hear him saying that uh, these are super spreader events, these these holiday events. We can't have a uh, a Christmas tree in uh, Boston at Faneuil Hall where people stand outside, dist- uh, socially distanced, with their young families, not a lot of you know, you know, eighty-year-olds going to see the Christmas tree when it's like two degrees out. It's young families. They go, they look at it. It makes us. It makes music. It sings a song. The, the act, the tree, and then they walk away. That's a super spreader event. But you know, if if you know a Democrat gets elected, or if a uh, if a, a police officer happens to uh, have a violent confrontation with a you know with a with a African American you know, perpetrator. Then we don't have to worry about spreading it. Then it's different. So we'll yes. we'll we'll continue to monitor that because I got news for you. They they're not slowing down. It's amazing to me how tone deaf people like Gavin Newsom and Andrew Cuomo are. How they violate their own rules and they don't hesitate to come up with new rules for you and me. I mean, Gavin Newsom like like uh, it never happens. Like it never happens. Like it, it's come out like, like, like they're so unaware that like when Gavin Newsom goes on Twitter and tells people to wear a mask. It's like he's completely unaware that you're going to get ratioed to high heaven because everybody just saw you at the front French laundry with no mask on. And they just don't care. They just don't care. With with 22 people. He was yep. at, at the dinner with 22 people. It cost $15,000. They weren't socially distanced. They weren't wearing masks. They weren't outside. And he'll turn around the next day and say, you can't have more than eight people. You have to be outside. You can't spend more than two hours together. You must wear your mask between bites. And you look at him and you go, do you do do you forget that we just caught you? We just caught you. You're 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 like the face of hypocrisy. And same with Andrew Cuomo. Over the weekend, Cuomo was encouraging people to to patronize small businesses because they're so important to New York. He's put like ten thousand of them out of business. He's destroyed more small business than than anyone. And he says, you know what? Here's, a, here's an idea over the holidays. Why don't you go spend some money at your small businesses? <laughs> and, What's and, next? Are they gonna they're gonna dedicate an old folks home home to him next? Maybe <laughs> yes. Homo home for the elderly. Like is that it coming? Is, it, it it is remarkable, and I've said this before. I say it again. You'll never see a better example of the disconnect. I would say the the absolute corruption and dishonesty of the media than the example of Andrew Cuomo. And it's not just the media. Obviously, it's it's, it's Hollywood. Um, you know, he he won an Emmy. He, he wrote a book and promoted the book with on, on all the talk shows. Now he's nominated. Andrew Cuomo is nominated for Time Person of the Year, along with <laughs> along with Dr. Fauci and AOC. What a crew. What a- I mean, think of that. Think of those three. Have, have, has anyone done more destruction in the last? Well, I guess. You know who else is nominated, by the way? BLM. BLM. Oh, uh-huh. just throw them in. <laughs> throw them in. Which who pick your favorite riot? Pick your favorite one. Yeah, so they so they caused two billion dollars worth of damage. They destroyed businesses, burned, looted, um, and, and, and uh, it's been it, about six months. Killed. I mean, people died. People died, Where? and that they want BLM, a an avowed Marxist organization, a violent political organization, to be man of the year or person of the year. But I'm rooting for I'm rooting for Cuomo because you know he's earned it. I mean, he, I, Hitler was time man of the year stalin was the time man of the year i think it's only fitting if you're going to nominate those guys 
I mean, obviously, Cuomo's not in uh, Hitler's league, but he is a man who's responsible for the death, death of over 12,000 New York senior citizens. And he uh, goes about his life like it never happened. He blames other people and just pretends it never happened. We had Janice Dean on the podcast last week. If you haven't heard that one, she was great. She's awesome. She She's going to continue to just dog Cuomo. Every day, every time something like this happens, she will be doing interviews and tweeting and reminding people of what a monster he is. But but he 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 might be on like the cover of the Time magazine as man of the year. The guy who put coronavirus patients in nursing homes and wiped out these nursing homes. That guy who killed vulnerable senior citizens might be Time Man of the Year. Has there ever been a bigger disconnect between reality and the perception you get from the from the left-wing media? No, there's literally nothing that they could do that would not uh, result in fawning praise on their part. Nothing. Which this is going to be fun. I mean, I was going to get to this later, but the uh, over the weekend, I'm, I'm, you know, obviously it's, it's, it's upsetting. It's annoying. It's frustrating to watch, again, the utter corruption of the mainstream media, the lies they will tell to protect Joe Biden. But the story, I think it was a Daily Beast story, yes, about Biden is special because he's not only bringing his two dogs to the White House, but he's going to bring a cat too, Turtle Ooh. Boy. He's going to bring a cat. A pussy. Um, Excellent. Isn't that exciting? <laughs> that exciting? Yeah. He's going to bring him. Um, I'm trying to find the cat's name here. I had the dog. The, the dogs are major. Isn't and- it Malarkey? I'm not even kidding. I think it's Malarkey. You're kidding. I wa- Maybe there's some journalist being cute. Put it the out there. Dog- the dogs are major and champ to lame. Oh, dogs right. That's like written by a, those dogs were named by your campaign manager. I know. That's, <laughs> I, you got to give Trump credit. He never got a dog. He's like the second president ever without a dog because most of them, they, they just get that. dogs for the show. You know, they get dogs because that's kind of uh, you know part of the job having a dog. Yeah. Like that. Uh, those dogs sound like they're named by Carl Rove. <laughs> <laughs> it's a champ. Give me a break. Um, I, I, oh, uh, what's, what the hell? I can't find the name of the damn cat, but he's going to have a cat and two dogs. One of which he tripped over or whatever. He, um, he hurt his leg, his, his, his ankle, allegedly playing with his dog. Now, does anyone believe that Joe Biden was playing with his dog when he hurt his ankle? See, I, I think that sounds good. It sounds good. It sounds, you know, it doesn't though. That that's the best they could come up with. Well, yes, Here, here's, I, I would guess when you're 78 and you're absent-minded and you're clumsy, you're more likely to hurt your ankle, break your ankle, you know, getting out of bed when you say, or getting in the tub. If you don't have one of those things that those fitted tubs and you have to step over and you slip, wouldn't you say that's more likely or just, you know, walking? I mean, he's Question. Going- is secret service going to have to bathe him? Is that part of the job? <laughs> I mean, I'm being kind of I'm kidding, but kind of not kidding. Um, they're going to have to be close by when he's someone's bathing him in case he slips and falls and you have an emergency. But this, get you, he's, he's in a walking boot. He, the, 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 um, the media was outside the hospital, obviously, just to cover up for him. And if they found anything, like if he were tripping or if he were in a wheelchair, they, you wouldn't have ever seen that picture. But we got to see a video of him walking to his uh, waiting limo, but get used to this. Cause this is how it begins. You know, you don't, if you have someone who's and it's very sad to see, I've seen it, you know, people fall, he's going to break a hip. 
He's going to have accidents at home, not just involving the dog, but involving nothing, nothing. It'll just be, he, he fell down walking into the kitchen to get a cup of coffee. And the question will be, when does Kamala ascend to the throne? That's going to be the amendment. Get to know it. Get, we all know the 25th amendment because they were, you know, the media was encouraging, uh, you know, Mike Pence and everybody else around Trump to use it, but It'll be legit this time, won't you? There'd be times when we're, oh, you know, the is, country is genuinely concerned that he's not no longer physically or mentally fit for the job. Like we're going to have an emperor's new clothes situation going on if they don't keep a good eye on him. Like if I was Secret Service, I would want a pay raise because your duties are about to get a whole lot more complicated. Right. I mean, obviously, you, you don't have to worry about – he doesn't have to worry about bad press. They will be there to cover for him to say that he was playing with his dog and not ask any tough questions um, except, you know, how's the cat and, you know, what flavor ice cream do you get in your milkshakes and all the, all the questions that he's got throughout the campaign. Did you see, by the way, that Caitlin Collins and CNN was celebrating with other media members because they asked Trump a question. They said it was the first question Trump was asked in three weeks and they took a selfie saying, we did it. We got a, we got a, uh, we got a question to, to Trump. The, the, just think of the lack of self-awareness. These are people that enabled Biden for six months to not answer questions, to not come out of his basement. Kamala Harris still has not done a press conference since she was named uh, Biden's running mate. And yet they were thrilled because it was the first question they got to ask Trump's in, in like three weeks. They were very proud of themselves. But that's what we're living with. That's what we're dealing with. I think it's going to be kind of uh, funny at times, you know, when they ask about when he has a press conference and they ask him, you know, what has enchanted you the most about the White House, Joe? I mean, the cat, the cat, by the way, is just a peak, like trying to appease, trying to play social media games. The cat doesn't have a name yet, right? You can't find it because it doesn't have, it doesn't a, name have a name. I, I don't even know if they have it. They just announced that they were getting a cat. Yeah. You I know what they got to do? Yeah. Poll. They got to do a poll first. They have to do a, 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 a group, a, what do you call the group? They're like a Frank Luntz group. See what what name focus group. A focus, group. A focus group to find out what That's right. what they name might actually be doing that because this the cat, cat like stupid cat gifts are like the biggest thing on social media like cat people and shit like that. That's probably is just a pure uh, pandering move on their part. And I mean, you never heard of Biden's dogs until he was running for office. Then he was suddenly a dog guy, and he's got to oh, he rescued Champ. Oh, he's such such a great guy. He rescued his dog, and now he even takes time to play with the dog, which is kind of dangerous, to be honest with you. But but we will let it unfold, and we will enjoy the the utter you know hypocrisy of the of the mainstream media as they enable as they root for their guy joe biden as you were pointing out before we came before we started recording the the cabinet uh, the rumored cabinet selections and the confirmed i guess but not confirmed but the 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 news that he has named these people to the cabinet they're all swamp creatures they're not socialists they're not bernie bros they're not aoc allies they're swamp creatures who um have a trail a paper trail or at least a a twitter trail including his choice for, what is she, Office of Management and Budget, the one who uh, has a long history of... Uh, oh, Tannen? Yes. Who, you know, who, something, the czar, I don't know, economic czar, something like that. They just gave her a job. She's she's the ultimate good pundit soldier. She was one of, like, she's a Hillary diehard, and one of these people that, remember when uh, Tulsi Gabbard was, all of a sudden they realized she was bad news and she had yeah. to become a Russian? Right, right. So this was, she was one of the people leading... 
that charge that Tulsi Gabbard is indeed a Russian spy because, oh, really? you know, stepping outside of the box. That's all they want. The, the, Dem- the Democratic Party just wants good soldiers. That's why they got Joe Biden on. Amy Klobuchar is a good soldier. Pete Buttigieg, they all dropped out at the right time. They did everything they were supposed to do. They prevented Bernie from getting the nomination. Bernie bros are kind of our like kindred spirits for the next four years, Jerry. That's a good, it's a good point. When you think of what Biden was, he was this kind of innocent looking guy that people felt like they knew and they liked. And he was just obviously just a front man. He's not really a significant figure. They're going to move these, these swamp creatures are going to surround him and he will be almost irrelevant, but it is going to be interesting to see how the Bernie bros and, and Liz Warren and AOC handle it. If they don't get, any, if there are no socialists, if there are no communists in the in the cabinet, they're not going to like that. And uh, Neera Tandon has had, has has ripped a whole uh, a bunch of senators, and now she's going to go before the Senate. She has to be confirmed. And there's a whole uh, you know track record of her ripping you know all these Susan Collins for one. Oh, she's oh yeah, that's right. That's Which right. is someone she needs to vote. She need I, I think she will need her vote. Uh, she's not going to get it. She's not going to get confirmed. It's going to be, so. yeah. No. no, I mean, unless, unless the, uh, unless the Republicans have even less few, you know, less balls than I thought they will reject the two swing votes are, are chicks. The two Republican swing votes are chicks, Murkowski and Collins. And if you, you talked a lot of, if you're a woman that talked a lot of smack about that, I mean, it's only natural, Jerry, it's only natural. This is instinct. They're not, they're going to be like, yeah. So that's a no for me. Sorry, you don't call Trump. You don't call Mitt a swing vote. I mean, Mitt's Mitt's definitely a swing vote. I guess Mitt, uh, I don't know. I feel like those two would be just catty about it. Imagine what a hero if he if he cast a deciding vote to get some of these Democrats swamp creatures uh, confirmed. Imagine what a hero he'll be to the New York Times and to you know Chuck Todd and Andrea Mitchell. They will love him, and that's all Mitt cares about. It's all he lives for. I mean, he's demanding. Trump uh, concede right now uh, because he wants to, uh, you know, he wants to get the praise from all the right people. That's that's all that matters to to Mitt. But uh, anyway, that'll be interesting to see these um, all the the various uh, swamp creatures go before the Senate and uh, see how that goes. We'll see if the uh, the Republicans have any balls because you know that the Democrats would do this along party lines and they would nobody would have a chance if they Democrats had the majority, nobody in the Senate. And, and they might, by the way, you know what someone was saying over the weekend, the best campaign commercial for the two Republicans in in Georgia is Mitt Romney. If you don't, if we don't, if Republicans don't win both of those, Mitt Romney is a deciding vote on big issues. Mitt Romney will be so important, which is what he loves. And he would be, he wouldn't, wouldn't hesitate to stab the Republicans in the back. And There's no the- chance that Donald Trump, I mean, that the Republicans lose those two senatorial seats. You know what's crazy when you think about it is that like David Perdue won that election pretty easily and Donald Trump lost the state. That means there's like thousands and thousands of people in Georgia who showed up to the polls and were like, you know what? Big David Perdue guy, big David right. Perdue guy, not so much Donald Trump. I want to meet those people. Like what, what were I, they? I, I'm, I'm with you. It's, there's all kinds of good questions. And we, you know, if you heard, Trump with uh, Maria Bonaroma yesterday. I mean, he he's not good at making the case, but there are some great questions like, how did Joe Biden, this lame candidate, get 80 million votes, 15 million more votes 
than Barack it's Obama simple. did. They had freaking three months to vote. Like if, when you don't have elections on one day, when you're like, you have three months. Usually the Democrats are going around, picking up bums, putting them in vans. It's a very busy Tuesday. They get as much done as they can. You give them three months to do that, they can they can get a hundred million, Jerry. Yeah, we'll see. And and he got more votes than by, uh, Obama. He outperformed Hillary in only four key swing states. Everywhere else, Hillary outperformed him. But the ones that mattered, uh, Atlanta, uh, uh, Philadelphia, uh, Detroit, and Milwaukee, uh, Biden outperformed Hillary. I'm I'm with Trump. When you see these ballot dumps, when you see this, I mean, you and I were, were, were together the night of the election. He was winning by double digits in Michigan. And the next morning you get up and they find, you know, 400,000 votes for Biden. There was definitely shenanigans. There's no point ever watching election results live ever again. I know. And I've done it, you know, for, you know, years. And you always see a guy up double digits with, you know, 84% of the vote in. You say, that's over, right? Yeah. Well, this it's was different. Done. Now with mail-in voting, there's literally, as long, if, if they're not going to count it on election night, there's no point in watching it. None. I mean, it's like watching, you know, Barry Bonds hit a 500-foot homer. You know he's cheating, but there was no way to prove it at the time, and there's nothing you could do about it, so you just kind of sit back and say, yeah, he got away with it. That's what you're seeing. You're seeing what Biden did was cheat, what the Democrats did. They found ballots. They they backdated them. They didn't let the Republicans observe. Dead people voted. People voted twice every way possible in the key spots, in the key swing states. They cheated. But they pulled it off. You know, we should tip our caps to them. Next time, maybe we'll learn something. Maybe Republicans will, will, you know, learn and and cheat like they did because that's how elections are won. Can't Republican, we control the majority of state legislatures in this country. Shouldn't, like in Michigan, they control it, I believe, Pennsylvania. Can't they pass state laws that just say, no, no more balloting? No more balloting. That's the simplest thing they could do, and it would make all the difference. It's a it's a red wave in California. Some states where you couldn't believe uh, these congressional seats went went red, and state legislatures went red, and the the the, the people voted for Republicans, just not for president. <laughs> just, it doesn't make any sense, and I don't blame blame Trump for a being frustrated and b using any means possible to contest it. He should, and he's going to, and it won't last forever, but. There's no way I, that anybody should concede under these circumstances, let alone him. I mean, it's the last thing you expect from Donald Trump. Let him do his best. Let him to let him appeal to the highest court if he can get there, and then then he'll concede. He, he already admitted he'll leave. He'll leave the White House. Will he go to the inauguration? Probably not. You know what he'll do? What I said he would do. I don't know if I was with you, but I said he should hold a rally on inauguration day, and that's what he's going to do. Will there be a walk of shame? No, no. Well, yeah, I mean, there will be a walk. Yeah, to, you got to walk to the, uh, you know, to the helicopter and get flown somewhere. I yeah. feel like he's going to leave through like a bunker or something. He Maybe doesn't, yeah. he doesn't have it in him, his ego, to allow the press to see him leaving the White House for the last time. He doesn't have it in him. Maybe he'll just turn over, you know, give him the middle finger. Would that work? Or that would be that would be freaking vintage. That would be a classic moment in American history. Of Trump yeah, I mean, he's, he's going to love that helicopter picture moment. Everybody loves that helicopter picture moment. Yeah, when, you, when you're leaving after two terms, they like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because he will genuinely feel like he's been screwed out of the office. He will genuinely feel like it wasn't on the level. And, you know, let's be honest. It wasn't. It was, it was, there was massive 
uh, voter fraud. We all know that. I mean, Not enough. Now, it wasn't it, enough. Right. I'm not saying there was enough. I didn't say there was enough. But you know that there, there was a real concerted effort to cheat, and they and it worked. I and just feel like talking about voter fraud and Dominion and all that stuff, it, it takes away from the bigger issue that Republicans should and could address, and that's ending mail-in voting. Right. Mail-in voting must end forever. Never again can that be allowed. Well, I asked the question, and I've asked it a few times, who's responsible? Which Republican conceded on that issue? Which Republican said, you know what, COVID, let's let everyone mail in. And as soon as they said that, all the Democrat swamp creatures said, we got them now. Yep. They knew they they knew even with COVID, it was a long shot. They had to get mail-in voting. That's the easiest way to cheat. Everybody knows that you've seen Democrats talk about it before, you know, before COVID, obviously, but before they did this. But Obama was concerned. Hillary, everybody said mail-in voting. You saw uh, uh, William Barr say, no, that's just a, oh, it's a wide open door for cheating. And he was right. And everyone knows it, but we're all going to be pretend it wasn't uh, prevalent because of big, bad orange man who's gone now or be gone soon. And he'll be doing rallies and he'll be wild. He's going to be a wild uh, former president like we've never seen before. Don't you think? Yeah, I, I do worry about him coming back in 2024 and yeah. sabotaging the party. I'm worried about that. Like, if you Don't like- worry, buddy. I mean, it's too early to worry about that. But I'm with you. He'll be too old. He'll be 78. I already said I don't want a 78-year-old no. president. So forget that. But yeah, you like DeSantis? You're a DeSantis guy? I'm any of the above. Right now, I like Josh Hawley. I like Christy Noem. I like DeSantis. Yeah. Those I like, are the three I like. Those are, one of those three will do. Nicely. I like Tom Cotton. I like I like he's Don Junior. Don Junior will be wild if he's you know if he's in the primaries and he's up there on stage. It'll be wild. And I mean, Don Senior will be good for business. It'll be entertaining as hell. But he'll be old, and it'll I mean it'll feel like we've already been there and done that. I think it's time to move on. Have someone else take the mantle and hold rallies and say the things he said and, and, and say America first and say no more, no more foreign wars or endless wars to do all the, to, to continue on his policies, but don't continue on his, you know, you know, the the, the Democrats won't be able to get the kind of turnout in 2024 that they got without Trump on the ballot. Trump brings people out, whether or not you love them or you hate them. 80 million people voted for Joe Biden because they were energized because of Donald Trump, not because of Joe Biden. They won't have that advantage in four years. It's true. Nobody voted for Joe Biden. Nobody. Jill Biden didn't vote for Joe Biden. There were 74 million people who voted for Donald Trump and 80 million who voted against Donald Trump. That's his legacy. He should be proud of it and take a bow and once, you know, once uh, Rudy and, and Sidney Powell have done their thing in a couple of weeks, uh, just say, all right, you- they did it. Just just admit it. Say it. They stole it from me fair and square. And we got to start primarying these people, too, a commenter says. And I agree. Matt Getz should be primarying uh, uh, Rubio in Florida in two years. Like, that's the kind of thing that we need to see. We need more people like Getz and less people like Marco Rubio. Yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Gates, Gates is he is great. He is he was on last night and he said, "You know what I want to meet? Who I'd like to meet?" And he was telling Steve Hilton on Fox, "You should get these people as your guests. Get all those black people, African American voters, who who didn't vote for Obama but were so energized by Biden that they showed up. For him. They showed up eight years later just to vote for Joe Biden." I want to meet them because I don't think they exist. They don't exist. Look at uh, Donald Trump won four times the black vote that Joe Biden won. Four times. So I don't think they do exist. 
the Joe Biden one. I mean, Donald Trump won four times the black vote that Mitt Romney won. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm with you. They don't exist. It was, a, you know, it was just a good point. Like, where are these people who didn't feel energized or motivated to go to the polls and vote for, for Obama, our first black president, but did feel motivated by Sleepy Joe? It just doesn't seem possible. It isn't possible. It's just one of those questions that's really not provable. You can't say that's voter fraud, but it sure is suspicious. There's a lot of questions like that. How did that happen? It's but not suspicious. You know, simple. Let, you had three months to vote, Jerry. They had three months to get people, the laziest people who had no inclination to vote whatsoever, <laughs> and just said, literally, we're going to, in Nevada. We are literally mailing your fat ass a ballot because you're so lazy. All you got to do, like, there's a stamp on it and everything. Just check Joe Biden. You don't even have to check. They will come to your house, and you can hand them the blank ballot, and they'll say, and say, we'll take care of it for you. You want well, to that's vote? What it is. I don't think it was widespread cheating. I just think they made it so easy to vote for Joe Biden that that's why voter increased. Right. I, I, vote I, against Donald Trump. You have right. a good point, but le- enough of this. I mean, all that's, that's just a presidential election. That's all we're talking about here is the, the who's going to run, who's going to be a leader of the free world for the next four uh, years. All right, today's episode brought to you by Flagship Wealth. With me, as always, is Dave McDonough. Dave, we have a new Treasury Secretary announced. What's going on with the market? How are they reacting? You know, Dave, uh, Dow 30,000, balloons coming down, confetti, the whole thing. I think the rationale behind it is very simple. A lot of folks out there expected Liz Warren to get that position. She's anti-business, anti-financial. That is not the case. We have Yellen, the former Fed chair, uh, more moderate. Wall Street liked it, financials, energy stocks, rallied on that news. So sum up, we're actually going to give out a Outlook for 2021 report here. Great report that you got to get your hands on, but you give me a quick 15 second Outlook for 2021. Well, here's the deal, David. It's the, we're the largest independent research firm of the world, LPL Financial, and that's truly working for the individual investor. There isn't any pitch, any product to sell. It's simply looking ahead and saying more stimulus is going to happen. More spending is going to happen. Inflation is going to creep in. How do you protect your portfolios? This is how you start. Get your hands on 2021 Outlook. So big brain stuff. LPL's 2021 Outlook. You got to get your hands on it. Go to flagshipwealth.com slash retirement. Flagshipwealth.com slash retirement. It's got everything you need to know in there. Go get it. I know we're going to give away hundreds. Flagshipwealth.com slash retirement. Dave, thank you very much. My pleasure, David. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor, member FINRA, SIPC. Enough for this small time stuff. Can we talk about history? History was made over the weekend, Turtle Boy. I know you might not have been paying attention because you were writing about some ratchet from Weymouth or something, but we're talking about real history here. Did you watch the Vanderbilt game? Oh, monumental. I mean, that, that was the kick heard uh, around I mean, the world. Yeah, you know, I felt like I was there outside the bus watching Rosa Parks sit in the front, and I was watching history. I mean, the, the hairs on my neck stood up, and I was watching Rosa Parks Sit. I was watching Martin Luther King march on Washington. That's what I was. I felt like I was watching. I felt like it, for the first time ever, I was sitting there in uh, in Brooklyn, watching Jackie Robinson dig in. Uh, first time ever, and and you know fans were were taunting him, racial slurs from the other dugout. Jackie Robinson turned the other cheek and just played his ass off, and he was Rookie of the Year, and he was a great player, and he was the perfect the perfect uh, trailblazer for this cause. Take a step back, Jackie. Take uh, take a seat. Rosa, enough. We have a real trailblazer, a real American icon, a freedom fighter. 
a civil rights uh, hero in Sarah Fuller. You don't, you don't know who Sarah Fuller is? Or do oh, I, I do now. <laughs> She's going to the I Hall mean, of Fame. If you haven't taught your kids about Sarah Fuller, I mean, if that, what is that picture behind you on the wall? That's that? uh, James White scoring the touchdown. In the hey, James Bowl. White, get rid of that. Get rid of that. Okay. I want Sarah Fuller, number 32, Vanderbilt Commodore, kicker, who uh, changed the world. I'm going to uh, read you. Oh, this was SI. I thought this was ESPN. Anyway, it was Sports Illustrated. Um, writer Patrick Fordy. Fordy did a whole tribute to uh, Pat Fordy, to Sarah Fuller. Um, it was his was the lead. If you missed it, Sarah Fuller's the kicker. Was the kicker for Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt's one of the worst teams in college football history. They are winless. I believe they're zero and not as bad as UMass. But go ahead. <laughs> they should play. But does UMass have any kickers that don't have penises? Because that's what we're talking about here. We're talking about history. We're not talking about you know good teams. Beat the last bad. time UMass played Vanderbilt five, four years ago, they lost on an extra point. At uh, UMass missed an extra point with no time left. So kind of. If it was a female kicker, it doesn't matter how good the kick was. That's true. She would have she would have hit that extra point. I'll tell you that much right now. They said they said that before the game she was practicing kicking uh what was it, twenty one yard field goals or eighteen yard field goals. That was her that was her limit. Why can I ask why her? was there nobody on the soccer team that could just the there was no men's team? soccer team at Vanderbilt? They dropped the program, which is hard to believe. It's kind of a rich uh, you know where'd she come from? She's on the girls' soccer team. Did you pay attention? No, I don't pay attention. There wasn't like some guy around campus on the intramural squad you could find. Turtle boy, there was at least two or three guys, if not eight or ten guys on the team who kicked in high school. They they said there was at least two who were good kickers in high school and obviously would have been a much, much better kicker or are much better kickers than Sarah Fuller. But you're not paying attention to me. This is history. This is Okay, ready for uh, Pat Fordy in Sports Illustrated? He says at 12.50 p.m. Central Time, Sarah Fuller's right foot thumped a football into the air in Columbia, Missouri. It was one small kickoff for Vanderbilt, one giant blast for womankind. <laughs> so, I'm sorry. I think Sports Illustrated laid off all the editors. Uh, times are tough. I know you felt a sense of responsibility to use this platform for something bigger than yourself. What message do you hope was conveyed by your involvement today? I mean, I just want to tell like all the girls out there that you can do anything you set your mind to. Like you really can. And if you have that mentality all the way through, like you can do big things. Fuller punched a low directional kick 30 yards where Missouri Tiger fell on the ball. She trotted to the sideline and received hand slaps from three teammates and an affirming tap on the helmet from special teams coordinator Devin Fitzsimmons, who threw an arm around her shoulder pads and offered some coaching. On the back of Fuller's helmet was the sticker, play like a girl at last. The girls got a chance to play with the boys. Can we just be honest here? And correct that, she didn't play football. She kicked one kickoff and a really bad one. If, if Is it because it was Vanderbilt that this happened? Because Vanderbilt is awful. There was no chance Vanderbilt was going to score a touchdown or kick a field goal the whole game. They didn't. That was a kickoff, a mandatory kickoff in the second half that they have no choice but to do. Did they do this? Like if this was a good team that could actually score points, would they have put, a, put her in like that? Or, or did they have somebody else in line? If, if Vanderbilt scored a touchdown, would she have been kicking extra points? 
No. Um, it's a good question. If they were down 41 nothing, yes, they would have let her kick an extra point and hoped and prayed that it went through the uprights so we could have a national celebration. Uh, but it was and, – and, and I'm stealing this from Jason Whitlock. Uh, um, God bless him. He wrote a column about this. He said it was like a make-a-wish moment where you give the kid the ball and he runs the length and the other team agrees to stand on <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, agreed to let the kid score. You know the ball boy who who was there for his whole career. Finally, in the last game, they let the poor kid with the special needs score a touchdown. Yeah. And you know it's yeah. a great moment. But this was one. Um, his is more from Pat Forty. He says at that moment the emergency Vanderbilt uh, Commodores kicker became the first woman to pierce one of the last sanctum sanctorums of men. Power five college football. There has been an increasing trickle of women staffers, but never a player, never someone putting on the helmet and shoulder pads and taking the field in a game. Now it has happened. Fuller, a goalkeeper for the uh, uh, soccer team, very suddenly found herself thrust into a pioneering role. She handled it like someone who was born for the moment. What the I really, I still don't get. If you if you are just uh, catching up on this, she kicked off once. It was a terrible kick. It went thirty yards. It was almost, you know, it it could have rolled out of bounds. But the kid on the other team, Missouri, he he jumped on it, and everyone congratulated her. What if the kid returned it and she was was, like had to uh, make a tackle? I think it was like Jason Whitlock said. There was some. There had to be some type of agreement before. Like, <laughs> well, that's what I was going to ask you, and you kind of answered the question with a uh, extra point. But what if she went out there and like, if Vanderbilt didn't suck and she was in field goal, field goal position and kicked a field goal and got, and made it, would your would your opinion of the situation change? Yes, yeah, so, I mean, if yeah. she was a good kicker, of course. Yeah. I didn't think she would be bad, but she looked bad. And from all I read, even pregame, she wasn't you know nailing you know forty five yarders. Um, it's, it, it I means she's not a kicker. She's a soccer player and they should have let her punt because she's a goalie who punts the soccer ball all the time, but wow. it was all just for show. This coach was, uh, on the ropes. I think he's already been fired. I mean, if not, he's dead man walking. The team is historically bad. Their starting kicker got COVID and they let this woman and God bless her. She's supposedly a great, uh, a great soccer player. And you know, a good student, and she's you know handled it well with the media and and all that. But the, the the things, I mean, on Twitter, I was making fun of it. I just said terrible kick, and I had hundreds of people saying, uh, "You miserable bastard! Can't we just have like the ratio king on Twitter?" Like you, every time Jerry tweets, you're like a like a minor version of Trump. Like you have a a group of dedicated people who just are Jerry reply guys who just every time just make fun of you. They call you old. They're, you know, they're mostly minute. I think they're mostly minute fans. You know, on there going at you every single time. How do you? You don't block ever. You don't do that. I, I do. Yes, yes, I do block. But people do racist things, and because you can't really respond if someone's going to either call you a racist or or if they're racist themselves, you, it's really not productive to go back and forth with someone like that. You know, if they, whether they're going to say that's racist or right. I'm that's why I block people because I'm just. I would waste so much time getting right. it to it with like some person with five followers in a Twitter egg that literally just made an account today just to get to me. Well, I'm, I'm giving them my time. I can't do it. I, I have to stop. I, I don't either. I'm, and, and I'm proud to say I've never mocked someone for how many followers they've had or their egg. I've never said that. You're, you know, I've never 
done that on Twitter. You only have five. My old, my old partner, you know, Dino John Dennis would fight with people and it just seemed so unproductive. I don't do it, but clearly that was, I don't know, tweaking them when I would say how bad she was. Your followers are disappearing, Jerry. You've lost. I've been watching. How, uh, What's happening there? You losing your touch? No, I've been, I've been shadow banned. I'm, I've been targeted by, uh, you know, by the forces, dark forces. I'm lots of us right wingers. I will say this: Robert, like Robert O'Neill. I was my, my man, Robert O'Neill. Uh, you know, the man who showed up in line. We've had him on this podcast. He said the other day they took away four thousand followers. I lose. Like, Here, here's what's happening. I've noticed. Like Jordan Schachtel went over a hundred thousand like a couple weeks ago. Now he's down to like ninety nine hundred. Matt Walsh lost a lot because you know why, Jerry? It's the Trump people. It's like once you start speaking out against. Sydney Watkins. No, it's it's Twitter. Oh, he, he lost five thousand followers in one day because they started saying, "Guys, look at this is getting ridiculous," and the Trump people are fucking crazy. They will unfollow you. Like I'm done. It happens to me all the time. Whenever I say anything disrespectful or anything critical of Donald Trump, I lose a thousand followers on Facebook. Happens every well, time. I I mean I I'm I don't care anymore. I've stopped worrying about it for a while. I was saying, "What the hell's going on?" But I've seen so many others like me who are, are saying the same thing on Twitter saying I'm lost, you know, hundreds. Um, this is one way I'm sure I lost by talking about how ridiculous this charade was with Sarah Fuller. Um, here again is Pat Forty from Sports Illustrated, and he's talking about me and you. He says the troglodytes out there who are weirdly bothered or threatened by Fuller kicking for Vanderbilt need to understand something. This was not a publicity stunt from a winless team or a coach on the hot seat to engender some positive PR. This was a marriage of a program necessity and individual willingness to take on a challenge. And he goes with the, uh, with the, the fib that it was a squib kick. Like they, that by design, they, they told her not to kick it too far. So start, she a half. start a half. Yeah. Wouldn't want it. <laughs> uh, they said in practice, her maximum distance was 38 yards. I'm sorry. There's 10, 15, 20 guys on the Vanderbilt football team who kicked in high school could kick uh, a 40 yarder. Um, I mean, they might- Vanderbilt men's goalie. That's a good question. They had just told yeah, you they don't have a men's. They don't have men's. There is no men's. Team. They must be on campus somewhere, just hanging out. Have to be a club team. I'm actually surprised. No men's team. Do you understand? Yeah. No, men's I, team. I know because of COVID or in general. No, they dropped it like years ago. Yeah. How about Title Nine? <laughs> I'm actually surprised based on the reaction that Sarah Fuller got, obviously on social media. It, it, Vanderbilt is so bad and their coach is so bad. He did this moment that everybody universally, basically on social media, praised pretty much. I mean, I, that's why you were ratioed because you guys are outliers. But there's no backlash that he was fired. Everybody's just kind of like, you know what? He sucks so much. I know. He sucks so much. But I literally haven't seen a peep saying, yeah, but he did something great. You shouldn't fire. You know what I mean? Oh. Nobody's saying that. Why? I mean, it's why is it so hard to admit that, you know, football, tackle football, division one football, power five conference football is not for women, is not for for girls i mean it's just not it's a brutal game it's not for most guys i mean you've got to be a, a an incredible athlete strong tough physical it's dangerous as hell as we see every time you watch a game in high school college pro i mean i can't imagine it always amazed me and i coached uh kids and every team would have like one or two girls on it but they were just kids that the fathers and mothers were okay with it because it, it's even with a boy. I mean, my son plays, he's big, he's strong. 
And I cringe. It's, I mean, it's such a dangerous game. They get drilled every game. If you had a, if you had a kid or a, or a brother who was a NFL wide receiver and you're watching, we watched Wes Welker for years, Julian Edelman for years, just get crushed every game. I mean, and you're sitting there going, is this the one? Is this the time that he doesn't get up? Is this the time where he's so concussed that he forgets, you know, where he is? You know, is this the one that causes lasting damage? I know Sarah Fuller's parents were there and they knew she was in no danger because she was just going to kick. But would you really want your daughter to play tackle football against big, strong boys? There was an agreement beforehand, Jerry. They said, look, you guys get the ball at the 45-yard line to start. That's pretty good. You're going to beat us anyway. Just take it and make her, you know. We don't. Last thing we need, I think we can all agree, is a situation where one of your guys comes down and they're forced to plow into her in order for you to score a touchdown. And it's, and it's you know, I understand what the coach is doing. I understand why she's doing it. I watched some of the Vanderbilt game, which I've never watched, kind of like watching the Denver Broncos. But I'm going to get to that. Uh, but I, I don't. The, the people who like this guy, Pat Forty for Sports Illustrated and so many others. I mean, there were hundreds on Twitter and on ESPN saying oh, what a wonderful moment this was comparing her to all the other pioneers. And, uh, you know, like I said, Jason Whitlock mocked them all, but they don't really think this is opening the door to girls to play college football, do they? No. <laughs> Something to talk about. I mean, they would never but I, dare. But I do think there's a difference between this, like a, a columnist from Sports Illustrated writing that, and then like a, a father with just two daughters or something, and they're watching football, and he's trying to have a motivational moment. Like, look, like girls can play football too if they want to, or if they have the ability okay, to. But, but but here's the problem yeah. with that, and I saw lots of people doing that. Um, yeah. What's his name? Uh, Jeff Howe, former Herald guy, uh, was doing that, saying he sat with his daughters. But if you say that, you're not telling your kid the truth. You're not, you're lying to her. She can't play football in division. She can't play division one football. Sarah Fuller can't play division one football. Your daughter can't play. I I wouldn't, I don't know why you'd want her to play, but if she says dad, because of Sarah Fuller, I want to be a division one football player or NFL player. And you say, good, you know, that's your dream. You're not really being honest with your child. Yeah, but, but can't that start kind of a – it starts the conversation of saying, listen, it's obviously the girls can do anything, talk, and it's starting the conversation of if your skill merits being there, this is possible because it's happened before. Okay, okay didn't Dave, you, have, you, have a, you have a daughter. Are you going to yep. tell her that? Are you going to tell her if she wants to play football, she can? Uh, like, <laughs> probably not. Probably I'm not. sorry. It's not true. I mean, you could say you could be an astronaut or you could be president, and you could say, yeah, maybe – but you can't say you can play in the NFL because she can't. She's not big, strong, fast, uh, muscular enough. She just can't. You know, if Sarah Fuller, if they put her in one play at like linebacker, the whole country would cringe all at once. Would be like, this is insane. She's going to get hurt. And yeah, but can't and, go in steps. Like you don't think one day we'll see a, a female field goal kicker that has an absolute boot of a leg? You know? What no, I, mean? I don't think we'll ever see that. No, no, because right. I mean, you'll see, yes, you'll see a, a kicker and, and maybe, you know, the high school, a division three college, but there's always going to be a guy who can do it better because they're, you know, have so many. Okay, Cause you're one of the best in the world at it. Right. They have, they have some, and you know what? This girl, Sarah full is probably a hell of a goalie. I don't know. They won the conference and she's probably a hell well, of a I goalie. Love soccer. They killed Florida this year. It was big, big upset. I don't know. Did that happen? I don't know. You tell me. <laughs> but really I don't know. They won the Southeast. They won the SEC. You know, she gets, she's got bragging rights for that. 
And it was kind of interesting to watch her take the field and kick. It was like watching Kathy Ireland in that movie. You know, she was kicking in Division One, but it wasn't real. It was just for show. It was just a you know a, uh, something to make this very uninteresting game sort of interesting. And I, I have nothing against her, but the media people who are pretending she's Jackie Robinson, and they are literally. I just read you one. They are literally comparing it to some of the great pioneers in sports. It's just, uh, it's just silly. I mean, let's be honest. It's and you know what? You're never going to see like a division one basketball player, a division one, uh, hockey player or, you know, professional female, because they just, they were at a disadvantage. Why is it so hard to admit that? Why am I thinking about Kathy Ireland, Jerry? I forgot about her. What's she up to these days? That's a good question. What I always wonder about aging supermodels, and sometimes you see like Christy Brinkley because she's you know famous and yeah. and uh, she still looks great. Or uh, she on Twitter? Is Kathy Ireland on Twitter? Cullen? <laughs> I, I will. I'm looking it up right I'll now. Bet, I'll bet she still looks good. I'll bet she. Some are some of these supermodels are so oh, spectacular. By the way, how perfect how perfect in her post game would that have been if she said she was inspired by Kathy Ireland from unnecessary roughness? <laughs> <laughs> how perfect! <laughs> she was the best. She she was great back in the day. I wonder. Well, really well, you know, Rick Ocasek's wife. What was that? Para Paristoga, whatever. Paula Paristoga, the supermodel, and uh, she's been in the news because Rick Ocasek died, uh, and she still looks great too. Some of them are so spectacular, even when they're you know sixty-five, they still look good. Um, and I'm going to guess Kathy Ireland has not let herself go. If this if this profile picture here is uh, is is nope. up to date, she looks just the same. She looks great. Really? Is she yeah. uh, still kicking? She's still yeah. kicking. They ever, do a, they ever do a sequel to that? What was that movie called? Unnecessary Roughness. Yeah. Unnecessary Roughness. Yeah. People like that aren't like left-wing activists. Like that's how you get, you know, the 55-year-old suburban white guy to vote for you. You bring out Kathy Ireland. That's a good question. I Well, I mean, Jane Fonda's still out there. She's yep. uh, 80. No, she's, she's Jane Fonda. You, you know, you just want the chick that was in the calendar in 1992 that, that you know, was a defining part of you discovering yourself. That's who you want campaigning for you. Cindy Crawford. I'm, I'm on record saying I love all football movies, but I think uh, unnecessary roughness was pushing it a little bit. I don't, I don't love unnecessary roughness. I love, you know, most football movies. That one, I'm not buying it. A female kicker in the NFL, not realistic. I'm actually, uh, you're giving the story more attention than anybody. I didn't see, I mean, I saw a brief highlight when you turn on ESPN I didn't hear anybody else talking about this this weekend. Oh, you're a maniac. I mean, nobody was talking about it in real life, but on social media, it was the it was peak, you know, uh, look at me moment on social media. I was actually just going to bring up, I'm disappointed Megan Rapino did not really tweet about it. She retweeted she it. Shot. You know why? Because she's jealous. That's why she's jealous. She you know, did. Uh, Sarah Fuller moves to the top of the power rankings in female athletes in the world. So I, I didn't really notice. I saw her in uniform and all, but is she uh, Sarah Fuller? Is she a looker? Oh. Uh, She's good looking. Yeah, Sarah. Yeah, she's she's pretty. Um, all right, we're gonna get to another charade on the NFL on the football field. Uh, this one in the NFL. After I tell you about Shea Concrete, this is for you homeowners and home builders. Uh, did you know that my brother-in-law Greg has a huge selection of precast concrete steps? Uh, of course you did. Of course you did. If you're thinking about doing that home project, thinking about doing something to improve the look and the value of your home. I got just the thing. Whether you're building a new home or you need to replace an old staircase, Shea has great values designs for any home available in concrete, or you can customize with beautiful stone, 
granite or brick. I know it's bluestone, but that's me. A new staircase can dramatically upgrade the front entrance of your home. In most cases, they can remove your old stairs and have you walking up your new front steps within hours. That's all you got to do. Go online, check out the step, pick them out. They take, they get rid of the old ones. They bring in the new ones and boom, your house is worth more. Your house looks better. This is the perfect project to do right now. It's a little cold out, but so what? You don't have to do anything. They'll do all the work. Learn more about Shea's precast concrete steps at SheaConcrete.com or stop by. They have four state-of-the-art facilities around New England. Stop in, pick out some steps, get it done. Your house will look better and be worth more before Christmas. Can't beat that. Um, I don't know which was sillier, watching Sarah Fuller kick. I guess that was quick, though. Sarah Fuller was one quick kickoff. Or watching uh, the Denver Broncos uh, quarterback, Hinton. Uh, I guess you'd... Uh, um, uh, you wouldn't call him a quarterback because obviously he wasn't. But Kendall Hinton started for the uh, Denver Broncos. And I've been reading about this for like three days, trying to understand it. And obviously I'm going to get no help from uh, Turtle Boy, who uh, kind of checked out over the weekend. What are you talking about? You just said you didn't hear anything about Sarah Fuller. It was the biggest story of the weekend until yesterday. Yesterday, um, Kendall Hinton played quarterback for the Denver uh, for the Denver Broncos. He's not a quarterback. He's a receiver. He's a practice squad receiver. As the announcer said, it was doing the game, or maybe it was Scott Hansen on uh, Red Zone, said a number of Broncos people, personnel, didn't know who he was. He was a practice squad receiver who was you know, seen, not heard. He was off in the shadows, not playing, not active. He was just a guy, you know, young guy, 23-year-old guy uh, from Wake Forest, and he was forced to play quarterback. He had two days to prepare, and, and he learned, he said, between 20 and 30 plays, and that's it. And it looked and, – and, and it was uh, worth watching because I wouldn't have cared about the game otherwise. I would not have cared uh, against uh, you know, New Orleans, against uh, Denver at all, uh, I, I, you know, if, if not for this. But the starting quarterback – I mean, all their quarterbacks weren't allowed to play because Jeff Driscoll, one of the backups – tested positive and the other three quarterbacks were in the meeting room with him without masks, which is breaking protocol, which means they were ineligible to play. My first question was why did these other three admit they didn't have masks? And I was told that they have video of every meeting and every team and they checked the video and they caught them and their own coach, Vince Faggio, uh, Faggio, Fangio, Fangio, Vic Fangio said he blamed them. They did the wrong thing. They didn't mask up in the meeting, but they were in a meeting with the same guys they're always in a meeting with, and they didn't think they had to, and they just sat there in the meeting, and they said they were keeping their distance from uh, the other quarterbacks, but it's not enough. You have to have a mask on. If you don't have a mask on, you get suspended. So rather than allow one of those guys, I don't know, find them, admonish them, and let them play, they suspend them all. And they forced Denver to play with a practice squad receiver at quarterback. Now, the Patriots had a game postponed because their quarterback, Cam Newton, tested positive earlier in the year. They got the game postponed. Other games have been postponed. This time, Denver wanted to get it postponed. They said, no, can't do that. Then they wanted to play a quality control coach. They wanted to activate him because he had been a quarterback in college the league said no, which to me is crazy because it would have been fun to see a coach suit up and play. But they said they don't want to do that because that allows teams to hide players on the coaching staff, you know, and keep them eligible. 
So they wouldn't allow this uh, quality control coach to play quarterback, forcing them to use Kendall Hinton. And if you watched it at all, you know it uh, was even worse than you imagined. He was one for nine for 13 yards. It was a little dump off out of the backfield. That was his only completion. He looked like he could throw. He dropped back. He looked agile. He looked athletic. And he would release the ball nicely, and it would skip, you know, 12 yards in front of the receiver. Eight it, yards it, over. Yeah, because, like, you've seen a lot of these, like, reverse plays and, like, trick plays to receivers and stuff. And when they throw the ball, it's not as pretty as when a quarterback throws it, but, like, it comes close. Like, I feel like Mohamed Sanu could throw a better football. How about, how about Jacoby Myers? He looked great. My, Jacoby, Jacoby Myers had great form. Yeah, it problem- was close enough. Good enough. Absolutely. Like, this was, like, anybody – could do this. When I went on the Denver Broncos Facebook page before the game yesterday, just to see, I'm like, I'm curious. Are, they, are people mad about the Corona thing? Cause that's what I would be. I'd be like this Corona mania is such bullshit. There's no reason Blake Bortles can't be playing fucking football right now. Like this is insane. But the, you didn't see any of that. All you saw was uncle Rico gifs and Al Bundy gifs about putting me in, you know, I could throw the football over that mountain. That's essentially what happened in Denver yesterday. Yeah. And it, I, to me, they shouldn't postpone the game. It's just like if it were the flu or just like if guys got hurt. I, I don't want postponements. You make do, particularly in college, by the way. The college teams have three or four positives and they cancel the game, but they have 120 players. Why not just have someone else play? It, and, and again, even if they spread it, no one. They, most of them don't even know they have it. Uh, and nobody really has – nobody dies. Nobody's hospitalized. Nobody's on a ventilator. It's not the same for college kids. Uh, even even Fauci's admitting that now, now that the election's over and he got his, he's admitting it doesn't really affect children and it doesn't really affect, you know, finely conditioned 19 year old college athletes either. But anyway, they forced this kid to play. He did his best and he looked, uh, you know, overwhelmed and nervous. But you know, why wouldn't he? And they had no other choice. They had no one else they could play. I think they went to a wildcat a couple of times, but there was, it was hopeless. They got crushed uh, 31 to 3, even though. Taysom Hill, the uh, the backup, he's not quarterback either. He's not a he was not good either. But Jason Jameis Winston was was you know on the bench. He doesn't get to play. They're playing the tight end over Jason. Uh, I know, you know over uh, Jameis Winston on each back. But it was weird because it just seemed like like you said, let Blake Bortles play. Just punish them. You know, find the team, take a draft pick like they've done to to other to New Orleans, like they did to New England. They find the New England Patriots three hundred fifty grand for something. I think because Belichick took his mask off at one point, or we don't even know why they find them, but they're finding teams left and right. So if these quarterbacks didn't wear masks, why not just find the team and let the backup quarterback play or let the starting quarterback play? He's not that very good. Sense, Jerry. I, I asked that before we get started. I'm like, is there like a 48-hour – is that how long it takes for a COVID test to go through? Couldn't you have just taken any of those three guys? But, yeah, you guys broke the rules – let me just make sure you don't have COVID and then just test them. Why isn't that sufficient? It was punitive. It was, you know, we're, you know, we're going to punish you and we're going to punish you by forcing you to play a backup wide receiver and get killed and lose a game. I mean, going away, just, they never had a chance from the, and I thought it would be kind of interesting to see this. And I was looking forward to red zone going to Denver and, and showing us, but it wasn't, it was hopeless like from the beginning, you knew that Denver could not win the game. So the whole thing was pointless. Playing this game with this kid at quarterback was pointless. It was a dumb move by the NFL. 
the, the, there was just no reason to watch other than to see how bad he was. And you could see that right away. You could see right away that they had zero chance of winning the game. That's got to be the hardest emergency sports situation of all time. Like, remember the Capitals goalie who was like a tax accountant? Like, coming in, if you're a beer league goalie, like you can pull it off in the NHL. You might suck, but you can pull it off. You can't come into an you can't come into an NFL. And, and not only coming in, like when you see a position player pitch, it's ten to one in the in the eighth inning or ninth inning, right? It's it's hopeless. It doesn't matter. This is a real game. It was zero to zero. I'm pretty sure when it started. And Who had a higher quarterback rating, him or Cam Newton? Good question, Turtle Boy. I was going to say Cam Newton. He enjoyed it because he wasn't the worst quarterback in the NFL yesterday. Kendall Hinton was because Kendall Hinton's rating was zero. Uh, Cam Newton's rating, former MVP, former number one pick, former Heisman winner. His rating was twenty three point six, and I'm you know. Uh, if you're going to be honest, if you're watching the Patriots and they are five and six, they're still in the they're still in the playoff hunt. They're they're you know they're over on the side when they do the QB. I mean the the playoff rankings, seedings yeah. over on the side is still in the race. You have a couple teams. Not. You have all the teams in the NFC East because they're all in it with three wins, and you have the Patriots five and six. They obviously play the Dolphins. They play the Bills. They're three games back in the division, but they could. Somehow, you know, if they run the table, they would be a, a wild card, which they won't. Uh, and they won yesterday. It was fluky and it was weird. And they, they got a gift from Arizona. But Cam Newton is awful right now. Is awful. And I'm going to guess that Jared Stidham, the backup, is even worse. Much worse. I mean, really? Because it could it yes. be worse than 23.6? Ultimately, Cam can run a little bit. He's, like, he's basically Taysom Hill. That's true, and he made the biggest play when he ran, and then they tagged it on because Isaiah Simmons hit the last play from scrimmage. Man. Isaiah Simmons hit him, and they threw the flag for, I guess, for helmet to helmet, which it wasn't. It wasn't out of bounds. It wasn't late. It wasn't it look bad. That's all. It was the way he fell. It, he hit but- him too hard. That's what I said on Twitter. Arizona was pathetic. I mean, that that they should have won that game six different times. They lost to a team whose quarterback – completed nine passes. I think they had uh, 14, 14 um, first downs or something like that. I mean, it was it was not a good performance from uh, Cam Newton or the Patriots in general. And um, I no. think that Jared Stidham would get a chance. But the problem is, um, what do you do with Cam Newton if Jared Stidham starts next game? Cam Newton is, is your backup? Uh, or do you just Jared let him go to game, so it's a moot point. You think Belichick's actually considering Jared Stidham next game? Why wouldn't he? Cam Newton's been awful. Cam Newton's five and six. He's, I mean, Cam. Well, how many games is Cam Newton? What's Cam Newton's record on the Patriots? Five and four. Nine for 18, 80, 84 yards, zero touchdowns, two picks. I believe on the season he's got is it three touchdowns. Um, uh, no, four. I'm sorry, four touchdowns, nine picks, seventy nine rating. In this day and age, in the NFL, this in this day and age. That is remarkably putrid. I don't it's care if they have 10 wins. I don't care if they're undefeated. Are you watching Cam Newton play the game? Are you watching? Yeah, um, I am. But with how many, how many wins do they have? Like, do, do they win that game yesterday with Jared Stidham? No, of course not. Yes, they do. You think Jared Stidham is worse than nine for 18 for zero touchdowns, two picks? Um, uh, that last drive does not happen. 
happened with Jared Stidham. At least Cam Newton keeps it somewhat interesting. It, it is what it is. He's not good, but I don't know. There's something about him I just enjoy watching. They had, they had 179 yards total offense. That's the lowest for a win in the Bill Belichick era, the third lowest total, and it's less than uh, Patrick that. Mahomes had throwing to Tyreek Hill in the first quarter. Tyreek Hill had more yards receiving in the first quarter, I believe, than the Patriots had in the whole game yesterday. You're a, I'm a numbers guy. You're a stat guy. You're an establishment guy. You're obsessed with like QBR and stuff like that. I see I see five wins with Cam Newton as quarterback. I see a competitive team that's in almost every game except for that 49ers game. And I don't know. He just keeps them in it. I don't know how he does it, but it's so happening. You, would you sign him and have him like give him like a long-term deal, bring him back next no, year? No, I, I'd offer a minimum wage. That's what he's worth. And we'll see what happens. No, you can't bring him back. You got to move on. They got to uh, find another quarterback get oh, next what? year, which is the big, big, Steve's big story in the offseason. Because exactly. I think I think you're right that uh, Stadium's not good enough, or else they'd have made the move at some point. Because Cam Newton has been so awful. I mean, for the season, four touchdowns, seven picks. That's in the in you know thirty years ago. That'd be awful. This in this day and age, you know, in this. Current NFL, where you get flagged for hitting a quarterback, or I mean, there were some roughing the passers yesterday that were just incredible. If you touch the helmet, which is hard not to do it when you're tackling a guy up high, it's a 15-yard penalty. And it's almost like laughable when they call it roughing the passer. They got one on Brady uh, last night. They got one on, uh, I think, on Mahomes, too. Officials yesterday were so awful. That's another thing I get obsessed with when I'm tweeting because Sean Hockley, Ed Hockley's son, is even worse than Ed Hockley. Just making up. And the games were going good, and you're getting a little flow, and boom, flags start flying. The whole thing slows down. Ruins everything. That is a bigger problem, Phil, right now. The over, over-refereeing, the, 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 this, this desire for these officials to get involved in every damn game. I'm sick of it. It's annoying. It's frustrating. I can't I can't I, I, I can't bitch enough about it because you get a game like like uh Brady and uh, against Mahomes is a good flow too. It's going great and boom flag 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 and you go come on can they just play the game these they're making up these these hits to the helmet or these uh, holding balls and it just ruins it. But anyway anyway is there ever going to be a, a guy on Belichick's coaching tree that's not you know belichick but that's a good nfl coach that you yeah, say brian boy his, he name learned brian his name is brian flores oh, i think it's i think it's a little early for Brian flores but that would be a good guess other than flores i believe billy o'brien's the only one with a winning record correct of of like these whatever it is a dozen guys have gone on to become head coaches they've all been disasters billy o'brien was was okay i guess he's like not patricia i could it's going to be a disaster if that's what you're getting at. Now he Why? he oversaw a defense that was notoriously horrible. Like that was always the Patriots' Achilles heel, and he was the guy running the show. And they rewarded him with the job. What did they think was going to happen? I always hated Matt Patricia. I never understood this but fascination. But- Belichick loves hip young guys that wear their hat backwards and they have beards and. Oh, they're different. This guy, he just wanted to make it seem like, oh, I'm thinking outside the box. I got these thinkers. I'm like, he's like the Billy Bean of the NFL. He's thinking that things that other coaches aren't thinking. At the end of the day, it was all just Belichick and all his guys suck. But, and, and they all, and this is true. And I, I know it's uh, been said many, many times, but they all try to be Belichick. Remember McDaniels tried to be Belichick in Denver. Yeah. Um, um, and Patricia tried to do the same where he tried to take control of the press conference and, 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 
and you know, kind of uh, talk down to the media the way Belichick does, and they try to be Belichick, and it never works. Patricia, I thought would work because the guy is pretty damn smart. I don't know if you heard this, but he was a rocket scientist, and he just was smart. He's a guy that earned his way. You know, started as whatever a, a ball boy or a quality control coach. He wasn't a player. He wasn't a good college player. You know, he just had to uh, outwork everybody. And I think he learned from Belichick and he went to Detroit and I thought he would be okay, but he was a disaster. And you know what? Right now you're getting the rumors that if, if Bruce Arians gets gassed in Tampa because uh, he is um, not getting along great with his quarterback, that Josh McDaniels will be there with the guy next year and Brady will be happy. Brady will be happy to have a new uh, coach to have Josh to be reunited with Josh. So they're going to keep getting chances. It's just hey, what's you know, Aaron's problem, by the way. What's his problem? He likes throwing deep. Brady missed on twenty straight deep balls uh, going into yesterday, but yesterday he hit on a few and he looked good and you know made a nice little comeback. So I don't know. Brady will, and and Arians likes to call out his quarterback, which Belichick never did, which is a little unusual. But Brady doesn't want to. He's not going to fight back. He's not going to criticize his coach. There's nothing's going to come of that. They're, I believe, the sixth seed now in the NFC. Uh, and Brady, uh, at first, look, was looking terrible. It looked like it was going to be one of those games where Brady just looked old. But he ended up clicking with, uh, you know, with Evans. And he didn't throw to didn't throw to A B at all though. He didn't throw no. to Gronk. Uh, he threw Gronk early on. And Gronk, got hooked up with uh, Godwin and hooked up with Gronk, but not with uh, with A B his buddy, uh, which is fine. I like, I like Brady. Off. Brady gets down like two touchdowns. It just goes to Fournette. You know what I mean? Little dump offs. That's what Brady was really good at, which isn't really that hard to do, I guess, but it was just fun to watch. Cause you knew exactly what was going to happen. Like if you're, if you're running back on, uh, you know, this team, like it's gotta be fun to play with Tom Brady. I think, I mean, it's, it's obvious that, you know, the Arians likes to throw deep and Brady doesn't. And Brady likes to work the middle of the field. I mean, he'll he can do it all, obviously, but uh, I think he's going to continue to clash if unless they unless they win it all, which they're not going to do. I mean, they're the sixth seed; they're not going to win their division. They're not going to be a top seed, and they're not going to obviously win the NFC. So they're going to be you know, playing in the first week, which he's not used to. They're going to be going on the road. Did you hear Tony Romo at the end of the game? Tony Romo yeah. predicted he predicted that uh, they would meet again. Yeah, um, in the Super Bowl. Uh, and uh, which would be so awesome for the league, wouldn't it be awesome to, to see Brady against Mahomes in the Super Bowl? That that would be a great matchup, and I, I agree. Like, there is no way the Chiefs don't make the Super Bowl. No way. They are far and away the best team. It's not even close. The Pittsburgh Steelers are the fakest undefeated team in the history of the NFL. They would if they played the Chiefs right now in Pittsburgh. What would the line be on that? It would be Kansas City by like 10 in the playoffs. I mean, I'm looking forward to it. It was fun. It was a fun game. I thought Brady was going to get blown out. I thought uh, I thought Mahomes was going to throw for 800 yards and and, uh, and Tyreek Hill was going to break every record. It didn't happen. I will give uh, uh, Brady and the uh, and the Bucks credit for the comeback. It was uh, it was a fun game and it'd be an awesome Super Bowl. I'm looking for what uh, Antonio Brown did uh, yesterday. What did he do yesterday it's in this okay. game? Two catches. Yep. So he'll be bitching soon, too. He'll be bitching. He's not going to be happy with that. It's fine. You know, he's got – Godwin is a younger version of him, so good luck. That's true. He's uh, – I mean, his numbers in his career are just amazing. We'll leave it at that. Uh, we'll leave it at that, Turtle Boy. Uh, I'll let you go have some leftovers. I know you're not happy with the turkey, but, you know, i got to admit the leftovers are, are, are awesome. 
leftover stovetop stuffing for breakfast. Nothing like it. All right. Thanks, Turtle Boy. And thanks to Shake Concrete and Allied Paving. And thanks to uh, DCU. Uh, anything else, Turtle Boy? I mean, anything else, uh, Cullinane? Anything else, anybody? Uh, thoughts and prayers to Nate Robinson. Just uh, <laughs> every funny. meme in the book out on the internet. But, oh, my God, was he was he out cold? <laughs> Just thought that was funny. And, uh, here's my suggestion. If you're going to have two of the all-time great fighters, including Mike Tyson, you should have like regular judges, not have like celebrity judges who don't know what they're doing. It was uh, clearly uh, a bad decision. It wasn't a draw unless they're trying to set up a rematch. Tyson won by all yeah. accounts, and these these judges didn't know what the hell they were doing, which is too bad. You know, Tyson got robbed. You should give a little credit because they put. Uh, I remember back in your EEI days, you would always talk about the Red Sox play by play being boring. I'd say Snoop Dogg at the announcer's booth is always a good idea from an yeah. entertainment standpoint. Why not? Why not? Yeah. Why not let him swear? Why not? He was probably smoking, you know, the, during the whole thing. Why not go all in? But. I think it went well enough so they're going to do it again. And you'll see Tyson against Holyfield or something. It's going to get crazy. Hey, and- more Snoop. They, they, we should hear more thoughts of his on Gail King. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I think? I predict the next fight's going to be the next celebrity fight, and I'm buying it. Mike Tyson versus Sarah Fuller. What do you think? Oh, Ooh, that's going to knock down so that glass ceiling. They're going to kick in some doors, and all the little girls in America are going to say, Daddy, could I fight Mike Tyson? And you say, you can say, honey, you can do anything. If Sarah Fuller can do it, you can do anything. But Tyson was in good shape. Give him credit. He took it seriously, and he, he got in good shape. And uh, I think they're going to continue to do it. And why not? It's boxing. It's a it's a joke anyway. There's not there's no reason we should be taking it seriously or worrying about their health. You know, they're just they're, they're you know barbarians. Good luck to them. But, all right, thanks Turtle Boy, and thanks Cullinane. I'm Jerry Callahan. This is the Callahan Podcast, and we will talk to you again tomorrow. Why am I stopping? No one else stops. I don't. Can I go home? The Jerry Callahan Podcast.